Hello. How are we all doing, everyone? This is another episode of The Comedian's Paradise, where you speak to some very unique and tantalising people across the comedy world. Now, today's particular guest is a man with the same name as the beautiful Scott Bennett, but goes by the stage name of Scott Kingston. He is a man who's absolutely like the melded combination of Mickey Flanagan combined with Frankie Boyle. He's an absolute comedy storm and he was a pleasure to talk to. This is a fantastic episode and it's all about the challenges, the tribulations and the joy of starting out in comedy at 30 as a father. You guys are going to love him. Let's talk to the illustrious, the awesome, Scott Bennett, a.k.a. Scott Kingston. Yeah, it's all perfect, mate. It's all perfect. Oh, great. Quite perfect. Sorry, mate. No, you froze there for a second, but it seems to have... Uh, yeah. Sorry, mate. Yeah, I'm um, in between. Uh, literally just moved into this house yesterday, and um, we thought we were getting our Wi-Fi yesterday, but all they did was put... They set our TV up, but they said we couldn't get the Wi-Fi for another two weeks. So uh, we've actually basically had to... Um, we, my missus has paid to have BT Wi-Fi for a month, but they don't kick until Monday. So, uh, yeah, I'm hotspotting at the moment, bro. So hopefully it lasts. Bloody hell. What, 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 what's, what, where are you based now? You're still around... Um... Worcester Park. Literally, we've moved about half a mile up the street, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but basically, we we've gone from a two bed flat to a, a three bedroom house because um, we 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 moved into the flat we were in when there was only three of us. But since we had my daughter, we, the flat just got too small for us. Um, so we just needed the bigger space. So yeah, but I'm literally half a mile from where I used to live. <laughs> Have you bumped into the Epsom owners because they they live around Worcester Park? <laughs> oh really? That that's that the, the Epsom what the guys the on the bar that we did the gig at. Yeah, they live. Around yeah, I I do. I think I actually have gone to them a couple of times. I think they they drink in the pub I I, I go into because uh, that bar isn't there anymore, is it? No, it's a funny story. Shall I show you the full details of what happened? Yeah, I'll yeah sure. You go on. So effectively, they they gave it to some new owners, and um, they did a runner, and then they well they 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 retired. And then they gave it to me own yeah. did a runner. And then I think they just left it at some No else. way. But yeah, they they were they were amazing. Oh, I mean the I mean everything about a venue that you would want. Yeah. Like, it gave me and I I worked I worked with a lot of bad comedy venues and they were like a perfect example yeah. of what you'd like from a comedy it venue. Was a, yeah. Fine. It was a really good. It was a really good evening. I, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was guy when I heard it had gone. To be honest, they're, they're, yeah, they're really friendly and they're really yeah. I don't know what it is, but that, yeah, it's brilliant. So many places we yeah. go to, they don't have that. Yeah, we we had a great night that night. I thought it was really cool. It's, but you've you've been, you've you've got you do you, you do a lot of gigs around near us, don't you? In a lot of pubs and. I do. I do. You know what I I find, Marvin? I don't know if it's the same for you because you're from the same area as me, but. I found um, gigging in. I did a lot more gigs in London before lockdown um, because that's where, let's face it, most of them are. But um, to be honest, since lockdown, since since lockdown, 
because a lot of the gigs that are sort of bringer gigs and stuff, I, I because everyone works from home now, I find it incredibly hard to get anyone to come to a gig with me in London on like a Wednesday night. If they've been working at home all day, like it was easier when I worked in the city and I had friends working in the city, I could always just ask someone who's already in London, oh, come with this gig with me tonight. And it would only be 15 minutes on a train for him. I, gig, gigs are so much harder to do now in London, particularly the bringer ones. I try and avoid bringer gigs when I can, but a lot of the ones in London are. And um, it's really hard to get anyone to come with me to the gigs in London now because a lot of people work from home. So it would be a ball late for them to work at home all day and going to London at 7 o'clock. Do you know what I mean? Do, do you, um, if, if you set up your own gig, do you think a lot of them would come in? Because I remember the Kingston gig, I mean, you brought in about 20 odd people, my God. I think, yeah, I, I'd like to think a bit. I, I, yeah, do you know what? I, I think I could. I, I, I've actually been offered. Uh, one of the pubs, one of the locals in Worcester Park that I drink at has offered me, uh, he's multiple times, has offered me to do a night. And I've never had, quite had the confidence to, uh, uh, you know, I've not really run a gig before like, like you do. I just turn up and do other people's and for 10 minutes and that's me and i've never i've never really organized one before and he's he's all he's offered me a few times i've got concerns about the layout of the bar because i actually i'm not sure where i'd put the 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 the, the where the microphone would be and where the comedians would actually perform it's the bar's kind of in an s shape if that makes any sense so I, i'm not sure i'm not sure where i'd put it but i i do want to do it one day and that would literally be a local gig uh, all of two minutes from my house that i could run and do and i do want to do it I just don't have any experience in it, and I just, yeah, I, I, I need to grow a set and and, and get it sorted. To be honest, because it would be like local gigs to me at the moment are, are perfect. I mean, you know, there's still gigs in London that I, I like doing, but um, yeah, I mean, do, doing gigs, you know, and being able to drive to them or walk to them, or, or you know, not get home at stupid o'clock at night is is great. It's, it's 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 a good it's a good opportunity. But yeah, no, I have. I have been. I have an open and I have an open offer to do it to put on a gig at my at my local. I might, I might tap you up for a few tips actually, mate, because you've run a few nights. You've got far more experience than I do. There, there was one thing that happened a while ago. I went to a gig slightly outside of London, and the guy put in a gig. It was in the same bar place as the bar, and um, yeah, it was a bit of a difficult one. It, like the seating, yeah. it was all very far away. It yeah, it's yeah can sometimes work but i think for the most part like having a room like epson where they close off the bar a for the comedy absolutely room is, is a big need. i i met you completely right there bro I, I i did a gig um i think it was in i want to say i want to say marylebone but I, I did a gig in a little corner of london and um the guy that the guy that runs it i've done a couple of gigs for him and he's a good guy but this 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 was in the middle of a pub but we, we met up in this pub and I kind of assumed there'd be some kind of side room or something like that. But literally, where we were sat, where we were out, he just suddenly plugged the microphone in and just started telling jokes to the bar. Now, a lot of the people there weren't there to see comedy. They were just there having a drink. So you're almost, uh, you almost feel like you're a bit of a nuisance, if anything, because <laughs> these people haven't specifically come to see comedy. They're just there having a pint. You've plugged in a microphone, so I start telling jokes. Yeah, it Last actually, and halfway through the gig, the fucking microphone stopped working. So half the acts, half the acts had to shout their set, which was which was interesting. But yeah, the the MC was kind of trying to interact with people that just wanted to have a drink and leave. And it, it, it yeah, I agree with you completely, mate. Having a little separate section of the bar or pub that you, you're doing the gig in is, I think, the way to do it definitely. One thing also, I mean, when I come across a gig like that, I do want to say something. Yeah, but I also don't want to be one of these people that tells people what to do 
Because I know yeah. if I went around trying to tell you what to do to kids, that would be yeah. disrespect, and you would probably have every right to tell me to fuck off. Yeah, and no, I yeah. I don't want to come across as those sorts of people, even yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. telling someone what to do. I, I mean, I, I, there was a, a couple of the acts, we kind of looked at each other like, oh, fuck, are we, are we just doing it here? Like, we kind of assumed we were just meeting in this bar, and then we'd then be ushered into... That's what usually happens at those kind of gigs. They'd be like, all right, through here, guys, and we'll go... And all of a sudden, he just plugged the microphone in and said, oh, can people start moving chairs and shit? And yeah, it, it, a few people exchanged look. <laughs> one, one fucking dude, I swear to God, this is true. One, this couple walked in halfway through the show. There, there, there were two doors going out of this pub or in, and they were both like on, on the same wall. So you could walk in and go out of the other <laughs> This one at these this couple had obviously just wanted to have a drink somewhere. Walked in, the MC started trying to talk to them as they walked to the bar. They walked straight back out again. It was they were in the pub for like fifteen seconds. It was fucking brilliant. And then he started trying to talk to this other table of people, and they were alluded. There were a lot of actors. There was a theatre on the road that were putting on a Shrek musical, and he was trying to talk to them, and they were just there on their break having like dinner or whatever, and they just gave him like a really cold fucking percent like just leave, leave us the fuck alone. like that, that one thing that i think that was another mistake he made is not only did we just set up in the main part of the pub he starts trying to interact with audience members i think that only works if they're there to see the show specifically whereas in this case they were just people sat in the pub that we were fucking trying to talk to do you know what i mean like but like you said i, I wasn't going to tell the guy how to run his gig i'd traveled a long way to be there i just gritted my teeth and got through it but um it wasn't the best experience I feel that you're being, I don't know, so a part of me is thinking that you should say something. Yeah. But. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think he, what I would say is this, that I, I, I got that gig on an app, um, a, a gig gag, that you, you advertise gigs, and I have never seen it advertised since that night. So I think possibly the promoter knew it didn't go well. Or maybe the venue didn't do it, didn't go well. What for? I, I that gap gig for is definitely not still running. So I think possibly he knew. Um, you know, I won't name and shame the guy because he's a good dude. But uh, but but he he he. Yeah, I think he possibly knew it wasn't the best night. I think because it's definitely not still going. I haven't seen it on the app since. It's a difficult thing. I think if you are going to give feedback, would you say a smart way to do it would be ask, would it be okay if I gave feedback? And like you, I, yeah, not. But if I, you I think so. It, then you're just being a bit, yeah. I think, I think if someone was like at the end of the day, like the guy, the guys accepted my, like, you know, I applied for his gig and he allowed me to, to come down and do it. So, in a sense, he's done me the favor of saying, Yeah, sure, come and perform. So, you know, and also, I respect anyone who goes to the effort of putting on these comedy nights, I respect anyone who does it. Because, like I say, I've been offered the chance to do it and I haven't done it yet. I don't know whether it's down to I'm nervous whether I could put it off, whether it's laziness, whether it's whatever. Like, like, you know, I, I haven't done that. So I respect anyone who puts on a comedy night um, of, of any level because, you know, it, it takes effort. It takes time uh, out of your day. So, you know, for me to go down to someone's gig and, like you said, to, to tell them how to do it, it's, it's, it, I feel like it's not really my place. I do th I do think constructive criticism in the right context, if I, I, I do think there's probably something to be said for that. If you can just say, look, do you know what? Do you know how I think you could maybe improve things here if you did this, 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 and this? You know, I think someone is saying, that was shit, mate. I'm not doing it again. That's no good for anybody. And that's a bit ungrateful. I do think there's ways that, I mean, you can have an adult, you can have an adult conversation with someone and say, mate, I think we could improve on this night if you did this, this, and this. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If you did it the right way. Right way, because I, yeah. I see a lot of comedy where it's done the wrong way. Yeah, 
Yeah, and no, absolutely. I mean, for people, for you know, for for people like me, comedians who just apply for gigs, all we do is uh, send a message on Facebook, touch of a button. For promoters, it takes a lot more effort to do it. I've got a big respect for that for people that, that do nights like yourself, Marvin. You know, so I I I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't go down and, and, and be a prick to someone unnecessarily, even if the night didn't go as well as I thought it would. I I, I yeah, I, I think I think if if I was sat down with them in the bar at the end and be having a drink and having a conversation about how it went, I think if they asked them my true opinion or something, I wouldn't lie. I would I wouldn't kiss ass and say, Oh yeah, that was brilliant if I didn't think it was. I'd say, you know, I here's where I think we could maybe improve you know, I'd 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 be I'd, I'd be open with them. I wouldn't I wouldn't kiss ass. I don't I don't I don't see any value in doing that either. But yeah, there, there's a way of doing it without being a prick about it. I've got a terrible cough. So I've, I just cough a bit now. <laughs> you do your thing, bro. <laughs> Not probably because of what I just... I've had that for... Since I've come from Edinburgh, I've had some cold or a cough. Yeah. Uh, mate, whenever you need a cough break, you just tell me, bro. No, that's that. It's fine by me. Um, how was Edinburgh? Did you enjoy it? It was all right. It was good. Uh, I know a lot of people in there, so it was good to just chat with people. Um... Did you perform, or were you just there? Oh, no, I did, did an hour show, but I wasn't ready. Definitely was not ready. Oh, um, brilliant! I done a two-hander. Um, <laughs> I, I yeah, was, yeah. So the biggest thing as well, if you are doing a show, um, your comedy, no matter who you are, isn't for everyone. So you need to make absolutely sure that yeah, your yeah. show fits in. Be very clear about what they get. They're getting with the show title very clear about um, the description so that there's no misled things so mine was a Spanish guy to learning Shakespeare and I I thought yeah. it would be an attractive title and I would try and get some people in but they definitely weren't it sounds stupid when I talk about it but they weren't yeah. necessarily fit for the show whilst the times that it did go well they yeah. liked what I did where it was really silly and stupid comedy and if I'd maybe called it yeah, yeah. Zorro Does Magic, maybe it, it probably would have done better because it's really stupid and it would have attracted people who were like completely stupid comedy. Yeah, because you do magic as well, don't you? Yeah, I should have done... That's what I would have done. So that's the only thing I can say. Yeah. And I think probably should have done a two-hander. Uh, yeah, yeah. And also, if, if you get a show that's too late, like I only found out that I had a show very late in the year, and so I didn't prep as much as I could have. And what I should have done is I maybe should have gone with more places and should have been, right, if I don't get a spot by a certain time or date, then don't bother. Because I got one at 12.30 in the afternoon, which was a very difficult time. And I didn't put enough work practicing beforehand. And the show attracted yeah, a lot of the wrong yeah, people. Yeah. I can tell you some of the bad reviews I got. So right, I see. Said, um, what a pile of rubbish. It's a shame that it came to this guy, not someone more talented. And then another one said, uh, <coughs> um, uh, horrifying but good, uh, like Frank Spencer does Zora. Um, the last show of the Fringe that I had had a lot of people in, but I could tell it was rubbish, so I didn't bother to look at the reviews afterwards. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I got from it. They're the things yeah. that I learned the most. Um, also, yeah. When people say they're going to watch their sh your show, they won't most of the time. Yeah. And I watch yeah. too many people's shows. Um, and they should have kept it maybe to five and just the other bits, watch people who I actually want to learn from or like. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, and also, yeah, it's a, 
the ones that were all right about it didn't take any money from you. But I had one where they tried to push me to pay a bit more. And then they tried to push me to watch one of their friends. It was a, it was a bird, not a... This, oh, this, really? This is, what she, this is what she did. She said, no, no, it's £5 minimum. And she said, you should go and watch this person. And I said, I, I didn't realise what was going on. I said, but I already planned that I went to go and watch all these different people. But what I should have said now that I'm... Yeah. Listen, I, you're lucky I came to watch your show. Don't tell me who to go and watch. But yeah. it came from a girl, not Yeah, a absolutely. And that, that's... It seems... So I did a bit... Comedy has a few dodgy people in it, but in clowning as well, which is what yeah. I They are dodgy as well, but they hide yeah. differently. But they... Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you have done if someone did that to you? <laughs> So, 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 what they did was they, so she, she had you on her show. No, I went to go and watch because I knew the person. And then tried to get you. So, 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 tell me through it again. She, so, I gave her a few. Yeah. The performers are poor. Most of the people who are comedians that I went to go and watch didn't take any money. And they said no, because they know we're in this. But she tried yeah. to push me to pay a lot more than that. And she also tried to get me to watch more. Right watch someone else that she's friends with it's a bit like i did not like i mean it, yeah it's a tough one i mean you shouldn't try and hustle someone for, for i mean i mean i guess she's just trying to do right by your friend and get a bit of money in their pocket i mean it can be quite ruthless can't it at times comedy you know um don't know what would i have done i i i i would have i would have said to i mean so she, how much she, she was trying to get you to go and watch her friend and how much would she ask you to pay so i gave three pounds but she tried to push me for yeah. five and i did and then she tried to push me again and then she tried to get me to go and watch one of her friends. no i mean i mean you're 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 experience should be like i'm i it's on my bucket list i want to do it i've never done edinburgh i'm hoping to go next year um and when i go i i i would yeah i, I i'm all for supporting people i know in the industry like i mean I, i'm friend, i've got a lot of comedy friends on facebook who were there this year including the dude that was um i did your gig with the, the, the last one down, down in um wimbledon it was with uh, mr spooky he, he he was doing a shot there wasn't oh, yeah. he he's, he's awesome yeah yeah he's a funny dude he he, he, he was doing a shot there um, no, I, I mean, I'm all for people trying to support their friends, but yeah, people trying to shake you down for money and that, I'll, I would have just, yeah, I, 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 I mean, especially if you've already given money that you didn't have to and you just start trying to push you for more, it's a bit of a piss take, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, 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 well, I mean, I, I won't watch them again because they've done that. And that's, that's the thing, isn't it? When you yeah. do that, then you Well, they're at least good money. if they're going to ask you for more money. Were they at least any good? <laughs> I wasn't wowed by it. Yeah. Like it was, it wasn't like. I mean, if someone's asking me for money to, yeah. If someone's asking me for money to watch their 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 set, they better be fucking good. I know that much. Yes, yes, that's true. That's definitely true. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's it's an interesting festival. Um, if as long as you're you've got people that you know up there, which you said you do, there's always people to like talk to. And as long as um, you got a little group of people to talk to, because I had an incident. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm. I'm. 
if you you listened to the podcast before, right? You've seen a few episodes. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I'm not really too bothered about a lot of things. I'll be more open than probably a lot of people will. And a lot of the guests are quite open. Yeah. But I made one little mistake. So I went to um, the Laughing Horse um, meetup thing, right? And I came in late to it. And where there's a lot of comedians there in their own little groups, and then you come in really late, people in groups can be a bit more dodgy than when they're not in groups. Yeah. And, and I came in late to that social gathering. I, and I made a stupid decision of living far away from the, the fringe. Don't do yeah. that. I yeah, came yeah. in, and I was a bit all over the place mentally. And I talked to people, but it was all quite awkward. And then there was an awkward situation where I decided to leave, and I thought... I'll go and watch a friend's show or whatever. Then there was a comic yeah. that came in. I, I'd actually helped out a bit from another country. I won't say who, where he's from or who he is, but he's a comic that does a lot of virtue signaling. And he tried to use that situation to try and, because I was in awkward behaving me a bit odd, to make me look bad in front of, so it would make him look good with the people, some of the people that are there. Okay, he was trying to disparage you to make himself look, yeah, okay. He yeah. did that, oh, this guy's this or whatever. It's all good. But then after that event happened, I saw him a few times in the fringe and I tried to be polite, but he would avoid me. And then when he saw that I was talking to a lot of comics and I'm all right with them, he seemed a bit nervous and walked away a few times. It was a yeah. bit like, you all right, mate? What's, what's up with you? But yeah. then again, he's, 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 he's a gay boy, so maybe, maybe, maybe it's trying to, I don't know. <laughs> but it, it, it is what it is. There's a lot of that in... When you're on gig, you get a bit of that in comedy. But you know what? You, you, you often get people, comedians. I find will often try and stitch you up in front of other comedians to make themselves look better. I mean, are you part of that Facebook group? I can't remember what it's called now. Um, but if someone posts something and you see the comment, yeah, that's it, man. And someone will post like someone. I think someone posted. Uh, it was a promoter. Uh, Sam Sam Rhodes, really nice dude. Actually, I've done a couple of his gigs. He he posted a um uh, an advertisement of one of his gigs. It was the bean. I don't know if you saw it, the beanbag throwing gig, where he kind of said, and he's like, look, it's a fun concept. I got it. In, I, I saw it in Chicago. I'm going to try and put it on in. I think it's Tower Hamlets in London or whatever. Um, I, I'm yeah. Let me know if you want to do it. And some comedians just felt compelled to just tell him it was a shit idea and they're all just trying to one-up each other in the comments just all just trying to fucking everyone's just trying to be the funniest guy in the room they're all just fucking telling really shitty comments to sam blah 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 and it's, uh, from what i hear as well it's actually a really fun night and a couple of comics that have done it and he's actually been all, like you know he put it on anyway sam and it was a bit like but comedians have a habit of just trying to one-up each other and just trying to like they're, they're happy to make someone else look bad so they don't look funnier and uh, yeah what you just said there sounds like that dude was doing that man just trying to trying to trying to raise his own status by lowering yours because yeah I, i've seen i've seen a few posts on that comedy group where people have just started being bitchy in the comments and then they're all just they're all just pile on and they're just all trying to fucking yeah they're all just trying to be the funnest guy in the room that's what i think that is mate it's an ego thing and what do you make of so you, you worked in a lot of different things, right? So you worked in the city, right? Yeah. And so you must get a lot of that. That must, that, but maybe they're on a more subtle level. Whilst in comedy, maybe they're a bit more loud about that kind of crap. Yeah, I mean, it don't. I mean, when you, do you mean just in, in my working life or in comedy? In working life. Yeah, I mean, in working life, it's not as bad. I mean, I mean, I mean, look, you'll always get people in working life. People, 
uh, people are always trying to get a one up, whether it's working in comedy. They they were they they kind of similar in that respect, sort of working in comedy. Everyone's just trying to get another step up the ladder. So yeah, you, you'd imagine people would 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 make you look better. I've, I've been you know I've been chucked under the bus once or twice working in the city when uh, you know someone was trying to alleviate themselves from the blame for something or, or or take credit for something they didn't necessarily do. So no, you you do you get that you get that in working life as well. Just people trying to tread on other people to get further up. You know what I mean? What's your, what's your sort of job outside of it, or can I not go in too far into it? That's no, no, fine. Don't bother me. Um, so I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I wish I could say I'm a, I'm a professional comedian full time, but that's not the case at the moment. Um, at the moment, I'm a trainee financial advisor. I actually changed jobs recently. I've been in the job for eight years. I was a uh, I was I was a client service manager at a financial firm, uh, but about three months ago, I, I, I started working for my friend as a trainee financial advisor. I still got a few exams to do before I get the full qualification, but uh, yeah. So uh, this time next year should be a financial advisor. I know. I'm a comedian slash financial advisor. It's basically me saying, trust me with your money, but also here's a pedo joke. <clears throat> <laughs> and yeah, com comedians and financial sense don't always go well together. No, yeah, no, it's true. It's true. I mean, I wish I could. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I look, if I could make a complete living out of comedy one day and not have to do a nine to five, I'd love to. The problem for me is, Marvin, I, I, I started doing comedy at a really awkward time. I, I, I didn't start doing comedy until I was 30, right? Um, I'm 35 now. Um, and I had 30 years where I could have done comedy. I had no kids, no wife. I could have gigged every night of the week if I wanted. It would have made no difference. I didn't start doing comedy until I was married with the kid on the way. So in, in a way, I, 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 I did it at a time where I've probably got the least amount of freedom to be able to go. Like, you know, I see comics go out and do five, six nights a week. Of, of gigs you know i mean i don't know how many times you you gig a week but i just i i can't i've got two kids at home a wife they need me i just i can't put as much time into comedy as i like to because i'm just i'm needed at home so it's more for me really i didn't start doing comedy until probably the worst time in my life to start doing it in terms of having that time you know how, how do you manage it all and i suppose you must get a lot of material from your your missus your kids Oh, I mean, you've seen some of my sets, Marvin. I mean, I've done ten minutes on my son alone. You know, I, I mean, that's the, that, that's the one blessing that doing comedy with kids is that is that is that they're such funny little people, kids, that you, you get a lot of material out of them. I mean, I I, I did for for a long time. I had probably a eight nine minute set that was pretty much all about my son, um, just because he's such a little character. Um, so, oh, but in, in, in terms of managing it. it it, it, it is hard because I would like to be out there doing at least, I mean, when I started out, I was doing probably three, four nights a week. Then I, I've had to take breaks. Like, you know, not long ago, I went like six, seven weeks without a gig just because um, I, I'd started this new job and, uh, you know, we, we, we were having issues with my daughter. She wasn't sleeping very well. So like I, I went a couple of long periods of like, gigging and I was like, oh, fuck, I need to get back out there. So man managing it could be hard. Now that we've moved into this house, that was the last big thing that we were going to get done this year. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm hoping to really get back on it uh, towards the end of the year now and really start gigging again. Um, you know, my son's getting a bit older now. He's a bit more independent. So I think I could probably get back to, to, to sneaking out for a few more gigs. But there, there was a period where it was really, it was hard managing it, to be honest. I, I would go weeks and weeks without doing a gig. Just I didn't have the time, Marvin, to be honest. I, I just, I, I, you know, I've got my, my wife needed me at home. My kids needed me at home. And to be honest, you know, I want to be, you know, I want to, spend time with my kids so I didn't want to be out 
in London every night till 11. Because, you know, when you do a lot of these gigs, you, you, you stay till the end of it because it's a respect thing, I think. Like, you know, no, no one wants to be that dude that does your own set and fucks off. You know, every, every, you know, you try and support the night and, and, and stay to the end. So... If I was doing gigs in London, I wasn't getting back till God, midnight. Everyone's on it every night. I'm leaving. I'm leaving the house at six o'clock. They get back till midnight, and and I, you know, my wife and kids were already in bed. So, like, it, it was yeah. No, it's it's a tough it's a tough challenge at times. I think it will, it's starting to get to a place now though where I think I'll be be able to do it because I think my son, my son's nearly five, so he's a bit more independent, and my my daughter's sleeping better. So I'm I'm hoping that the, I'm that I'm going to start to be able to get some real gigs in before the end of the year. You manage like a sort of a regular life outside of it, like because a lot of comics they burn through a lot of their friends through the gigs. Yeah. But you, yeah, when when I've seen you a lot of the times when you've done gigs, like even for myself or like for a whole lot of company other things, you've been able to bring in tons and tons of friends. And I think I bumped into one of them during one of the part. You certainly did. He told me about that. Uh, yeah, you did. You did. Welcome to Simon. I'm a face, mate. I'm a popular guy. You know what I mean? You know, I'm, 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 I can draw people in. I can draw a crowd. Uh, nah, I mean, no. I, um, when it's a local get, do you know, I think it's a healthy mixture with, with my mates and my family and them coming to watch me. I think half of them come to genuinely support me. I think half of them come hoping I die on my ass so they can fucking take the piss out of me for it. You know, <laughs> there's always people, even your friends, there's always people willing to, w- willing for you to do badly. Thank, thankfully, I, I've never had a gig where I've had friends and family come and support where it's gone too badly. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, don't get me wrong, not every gig's ever gone perfectly, but I've, I've, I've not quite had that really disastrous gig in front of friends and family yet that I get stick for it. So, uh, but no, when it, when it's a local gig and I give them enough notice, I can usually get a few people out. What I also think is a factor, and I don't know if you notice this as a promoter, what day of the week it is, is a big factor. Like um, if it's a Thursday night, like the sort of pre-weekend gig, people are usually a bit more up for a night out, a bit of a drink coming out. If it's a gig on a Monday or a Tuesday, it can be a bit harder because the weekend's just gone. It's it's it's, it's a bit le- it's a bit of a less appealing night for people to go out like a Monday or a Tuesday, you know. So I, I find I find as well that yeah, I think that the, what what the day of the week that the gig is on can, can be a factor as well. But if it's local and my friends haven't got to jump on a train to London, like a lot of the gigs I do for you have, have been within the within the area people can drive people can get a bus people can jump in an uber it wouldn't cost too much money um yeah that that's why the local gigs appeal to me quite a lot because I, I can usually get some friends down and it's always nice to have familiar faces in the crowd you know what i mean do you, do you notice when when is there like a sign for when you've done well or when you haven't done well so if i've done well my family will tell me straight away that i've done well yeah well so yeah if, if i haven't they try avoid talking about it <laughs> do you know what I, I welcome feedback of either kind. Like I've I've had someone I tried a joke once. I, I, it might have been what it might have even been an Epsom. I tried a joke once that for me was quite edgy, quite close to the bone. Like I'm usually a bit more my comedy's a bit more usually kind of like harder. I, I tried a joke, I, I can't remember exactly what it was. I think it might have been uh, to do with like a terminal illness or something. I can't I can't remember exactly what it was. I tried quite an edgy joke. And my brother-in-law was at the gig and he kind of said to me in the end, it was a bit like, I don't think that joke's really in keeping with your style. I wouldn't have done that. Like, so I, I encourage feedback. No no one's ever come up to me and said, well, that was shit. Um, I, I feel like, I, I, do you know what? I, I think the, the sign you get is if people come up to you afterwards, oh, mate, it was brilliant. You know, that was great. Like, you, you know you've done well. If, if if your friends come up to you and be like, oh, well, I'm going to shoot off, mate. Uh, no, you did really good, man. I see you a lot. Like, if, if it's kind of, kind of a, almost a fleeting kind of, yeah, well done, mate. I, I'm off. 
like you kind of think yourself, oh, okay, he's not taking his time to say you fucking did really well there. Like you know, maybe, maybe they didn't go as well as I hoped. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I think you know I've done gigs when my, I've come off stage and my friends were just like you smashed that it was brilliant, and I've done gigs where I think I've had a couple of friends go. Well done, mate. Yeah, you know, and then it was a bit like depending on the level of compliment. I think you can tell whether they're just being polite or not. If that makes any sense. Uh, yes, I think. I think. Yes. Yeah, I think if someone was going to lie to you about you doing well, they wouldn't go as far as saying, "Oh, you smashed that out of the park. It was great." I think if someone's going to lie to you that you did well when you didn't really, they probably go, "Oh, well done, mate. That was good." <laughs> I mean, that that would be it. They'd keep it basic. You know what I mean? Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Because they won't be able to. Yeah. Say the specifics of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it is still in, amazing though, like the, the amount of people you were able to get in, like twenty or thirty people of like your mates. I don't even have that many people that I like. <laughs> That's the problem with me, mate. I I like everyone. I just want to be friends with everyone I meet. Do you know what I mean? I've got, I'm quite a quite a happy go lucky person, so I just I just pick up a lot of people on the way and my, my route through life. Do you know what I mean? My milk woman probably came to turn up on one of my gigs. I just uh, I'll let any old fucker come along. Like it's, uh, no, I I um. I have a quite, I have a very supportive group of, of, of friends and family. I'm very, I'm very lucky in that respect. You know, I'm, when I did my first gig, um, I did my first gig in Leicester Square because I did, a, I did Kate Smurfwaite's comedy class. Did you, uh, it was, what's it called? I can't remember the name of the company now, but when I decided I wanted to do comedy, I kind of figured I could do help with structuring my set, stage presence, things like that. So you signed up for this course and you, you did about six lessons. And then at the end of it, you had your, your first gig uh, put on for you at the comedy pub in Leicester Square it's behind the comedy store and um that was my first gig and 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 uh, I have to say uh, at the uh, it's going to sound ridiculous like I blow my own trumpet so I hope I don't sound like too much of the prick but there was probably seven or eight of us at that gig and I I, I, I think all of the other comedians that were in my class probably brought four or five people along I think I think I had similar numbers to the ones I brought to your gig in Kingston that day. I think I had 34. I think I accounted for about half the crowd just because a lot of my friends wanted to come down, support me, see me do it. I've been talking about doing it for years. So they kind of finally wanted to see me do it. And again, I still think a couple of them wanted to see me die on my ass. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, 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 I'm I very lucky. I've got a very supportive network in place. And, you know, not always, you know, I, I put up the odd gig. Like I did a gig in Serban a couple of months ago and I think it was a Sunday night and, uh, I think I had one guy turn up. So, so yeah, so it's not like I, it's not like I bring in crowds every time, but I think if I give people enough notice, it's a good night, it's a nice venue. I think I can usually get a, get a good following. So you have the network, but a lot of the times when you're putting the things, you've got to answer that a lot of with everything, you've got to answer why should people care, or if you're doing any yeah. product or anything, the biggest thing yeah. is why should people care, and yeah. you've built up a sort of a solid angle relationship with a lot of them I'm yeah. guessing over many years that's yeah, made yeah. them build a connection with you yeah yeah no definitely I, I i think um i think i think it's very easy to come to someone's first show but it's it's not as easy to come to someone's 30th show like they'll, they'll probably be friends of yours that come to one gig and be like all right well i've done my bit that's it. I've, I've seen him once. I've shown my support. Blah, blah blah. You know, I've got friends that have come to six, seven, eight times. Like my 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 friend came to two of my gigs in a week, and I said to him, I said, you, I said, like he, I think he came to one gig on the Tuesday, and then he came to another one on the Thursday, and I said, look, it's going to be exactly the same set you watched on Tuesday. <laughs> I said, there's going to be no new jokes. It's going to be the same shit. He's like, oh, that's cool, man. I'm there, I'm just there to support you. So, 
it, that, you know, I've got really cool friends like that. Yeah, like you say, I've been friends with them a lot of many years. But yeah, literally, some some of them will come down to support my gig and, and hear the same jokes I've been telling. You know, there was probably a a couple of years, I think probably after lockdown, where I had the same set for a while without really changing it. I always try and do a couple of current event things at the start. Like whenever I whenever I do a gig, if there's been big news that week, I try and factor in a story from that week for the news. Like, for example, if I did the new, if I did a gig this week, I haven't done one this week because we've been moving, but I probably would have done something about that guy that escaped once with prison, something like that. Like, I always try and do a current events joke for the first couple of minutes, but then I used to just default to the same stuff for a while. And it was a couple of years where I did the same set and my friends would still come down and support me and just listen to the same jokes again, still give me a laugh. So it's, it, yeah, it's it, it's a good thing to have, I must say. It is. I only asked one more, couple of questions on it, but are yeah, there sure. people that you grew up with, and that's why they? they... Um, not, not all of them. I mean, some I've got. I've got friends. I've got childhood friends. I've got friends I've made in the last couple of years. Friends I work with. You know, so no uh, various walks of life really. Uh, there, there, there are some old friends. That, a lot. A lot of the guys that came to my gig that I did for you in Kingston, which is I think where I where. I, yeah, I think the kid, the Kingston gigs and the Epsom. Like for example, the Kingston gig and the Epsom gig. A lot of the pe- a lot of the same people were at those two gigs, and they weren't too far apart. And I did a lot of the same material, but I still had the same kind of friends to turn up. And my friend, my 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 friend Gary, I'm sure he won't sign me saying his name. He he did bump into you in Hart's Boatyard, I believe. And and he said to me, he goes, I saw Marvin the other night. <laughs> he he messaged me saying he'd seen you. That was funny. <laughs> I, I, I left that job anyway, but it was it was funny. It's, it was a very so the thing is being well, Asian, by one of the things is yeah. they want you to do certain jobs, and I know some of them yeah. probably do. Some of my Asian friends do listen to the podcast, but the thing is, right, yeah. my mum hates it that I do that or whatever. But I'm not yeah. not everyone from my Asian family I actually like or respect. <laughs> so what they think of me is irrelevant. So yeah. that's why I'll mention what I do the job. But yes, it was funny meeting them there. And yeah, yeah. the thing is, I should never have told any of the people in that place that I did comedy. Because <laughs> they're quite... Well, I didn't really tell them, but they all found out. And yeah. it's something that whenever you're in certain jobs, it's better they don't know. Because they'll give you all sorts... They'll either try and one-up you in comedy, or there'll yeah. be that bitterness. Because you still have some sort of hope that they wish they had. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, the pe- people are always fascinated by people that do comedy. I don't know if you find that the same. Like, it, it, whenever I bump into someone I've not seen for ages, one of the first questions is, "You still doing comedy?" Like, it, it almost becomes the most interesting thing about you that you do comedy. Like, I, I, whenever whenever I see someone who I've not seen for ages, who I'm kind of whether good friends with, close friends, or just someone I grew up with or I haven't seen in a while, because that, because I post about it on social media and because I kind of you know I always try and advertise my gigs and things like that. I mean, I'll. I'll probably post later on that I've been on your podcast to try and get people to listen to this. So I, I'm good at, you know, I try and advertise when I do anything comedy related. So people, it becomes, it becomes the thing about it that people ask about the most, you know, rather than ask about my kids, they go, so I've done any gigs lately. You know, <laughs> it's, you know, it becomes, people are more interested in that. So I think people respect it when people take the step to go up on stage and tell jokes to strangers, because it does, it takes some balls to do it. You know, that's why I never, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. On the comedy circuit, I, I I have seen some strange acts. I really have. I've I've seen a girl that came out and put a sheet on her head and and, and did a, a her entire act as a Victorian ghost. Uh, I've seen a dude who just did a five minute set singing a song, song about scarecrows. Like, but you know, I've seen some fucking mad shit on the on the London comedy circuit. But I respect anyone who gets up on stage and does it. It's a hard thing to do. It really is. It is. Yeah. It's. Um... 
Yeah, I, it is. Um, but isn't that bigger thing? Like it's just us doing what we enjoy doing, really. I, I, I wish I'd done it a lot sooner than I'd, I'd done it. I've been flirting with doing it for years and just never got around to it. And I got to 30 and I was like, do you know what? I don't want to go to my grave wondering what if. I want to give this a go. And I'm so glad I did. Um, because I, I would regret it if I didn't. Because I, I, I don't people tell I don't people tell me to do comedy for a long time. But the thing is, it's one thing. What well, that's another thing I find is that that it's one thing being funny in the pub with your mates, and then it's one thing being funny on stage to strangers. Because I, I kind of had people say to me, just like, oh, that you know, you don't strike me as a comedian kind of thing. Like you know, you don't. I was like, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny to you. I'm not trying to tell you. I'm just trying to have a comedy. Like you know, you you, you don't get into you know. I, I was on a stag do recently. And it was a it was a crowd full of rowdy blokes. There was like twenty odd of us, and I was one of the quieter people there, believe it or not. And one of the guys said to me, one of the louder guys there was like, "I'm surprised you do comedy. You sort of kind of quiet." I was like, "I was a bit like, yeah, but I said I'm not going to fight with you lot to be the loudest guy in the room." I was just like, and 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 they they like I don't know. It's like they have a certain expectation of you because you're a comedian and you're constantly cracking jokes at the top of your voice to people, which isn't the way it goes. You know what I mean? Like I try and be funny with my mates, but a lot of the time when you're being when you're being funny with your mates, you're kind of uh, sort of doing inside jokes about like things that your mates have done or things that you know about them. So it doesn't translate to being on stage because if you go on stage and just start telling inside jokes about things you and your mates have done no one's going to laugh because no one can relate to it so you, you you've got it's got to be a broader style of comedy when you're on stage you know and you've yeah. got to tailor it to fit people you don't know um started doing comedy i had a couple of inside jokes about my mates in my set and i noticed it wasn't going down as well because they don't know my mates they don't give a fuck about it do you know what i mean so why why, why would they laugh at that so i tailored it to that you know what i mean Someone is calling me. Do you mind if I take one minute away? Absolutely. Do you think? <laughs> well, yeah, I've forgotten that. I think I was talking for ages about um, um, about uh, just tailoring jokes to strangers rather than to your friends. Yeah, I, I, I went off on some tangent about that for five minutes. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> answer to the question that I had before I think is effectively you've just got a big network of people that you know and get on with effectively that's, that's it I, I, yeah in, in my desperation to be popular I accumulated a lot of friends over the years so um, yeah I essentially prostituted my, myself out for friendship enough that I can get a decent crowd along if if, uh, if, if I need to but uh, yeah like, like I said bro it's, it's, it's not like it's every gig um, far from it, but um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm lucky to have a, a group of people that sort of, uh, and I think sometimes for people, it's just genuine interest. Like I've put things out on Facebook a couple of times, saying I'm doing this gig this night. Uh, come along if you want, and people haven't told me they were going to turn up, and I've I've had people I used to work with turn up who I haven't seen in five years. I've had like one of my friend's husbands who I'm not really close to. He, he kind of turned up to support me one night. Like it's amazing that you, even people are just genuinely interested to see someone they know try and be funny. So I do. I've had, I've had the odd people turn up to my gigs who I'm not even necessarily that close to, but I just want to come out, show support, and see what I've got. So it's it's, it's really cool. It's a cool thing, man. Yeah, it's, it's, I only asked that question because I was intrigued about. I've seen examples of that where it's not necessarily a huge following unless it gets people to certain things, but it's the sort of personal touch and the things that gets people to come over. Like with the women and night, yeah. there's a lot of personal touches to yeah. it. Like
is quite an aim. The ladies that work there are very amiable, very friendly. Um, I yeah, build a personal yeah. relationship with a lot of the guests when they come back. So that's yeah. that's one of the reasons why I, I got you on. That was a fun little night. That that was a fun little night. That was that was that was funny. Like um, I love the pictures they've got up in that place. They're just one of odd job from uh, the Bond movies. Like, there's all these really famous, there's pictures of all these really famous people and then there's just odd job from the Bond movie front of hat. I thought it was great. Uh, no, that was, that, was a, that was a really cool little light, actually. I really enjoyed that. It was brilliant. I, I've still got a recording of uh, Joseph Murphy doing his topic of <laughs> Harry Potter. Oh, mate. Well, that's that's Mr. Spooky, isn't it? He, 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 he was... He was fucking fun. oh mate he, yeah he just started he started burst into song I mean do you know what it's funny there, there was certain because uh, to give context to anyone who's listening to this there it was an improv night where you do one minute or two minutes of, of material so you can do your own material for most of the set but then halfway through the the the, the MC will shout out a random topic topic for that he pulls out of a hat and um oh my god I think someone got Prince Andrew. If I'd have got that one, oh, God, I wrote about five minutes of material on Prince Andrew when that all came out. I would have smashed that. But then but then some people got really random shit. Like, one dude just got shorts. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, what the... Like, yeah, he got to joke about shorts for a minute. And he, to be fair, he did well. But, like, there was a real variance in, like, how easy it was. I think I got Donald Trump and Builders, I think. And I'll be honest with you, I can't remember what I said. Uh, I think I, I got away with it. I think I was all right. I think it was acceptable. Like I didn't suddenly sort of, I've, you know, I think as long as you don't freeze and just go with the flow, you'll be all right. But uh, yeah, there was a real, there was, it was a proper variance of like people that had quite easy topics and people that had hard ones. Like Harry Potter, I would have been able to do a lot on Harry Potter because I, uh, I'm, I'm a self-proclaimed Harry Potter fan. So I would, I would, I would have done, I would have smashed that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but if you'd have given me shorts, I don't know what I would have said. <laughs> Short string, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. yeah. I think I think he did about thirty seconds, and then went, "Can you give me another one?" <laughs> to put fair play to me, gave it a go. It is. I, I I have seen one instance where someone froze, and I found that absolutely hilarious. So when we did yeah. the improv night uh, on the Zoom, and the guy, um, he was a Scottish guy, really funny guy, Jimmy Longmore. And he hated improv, and he's actually listened to a few episodes now, so he he'll probably listen to this one. And oh, really? he got given a round improv topic of like shoes and horse strings, and I said you got to do <laughs> improv for around two minutes, and he said for how long? <laughs> <laughs> and he... no, I, I'd never done improv before that gig, never. <laughs> I'd never done it. Like that was my first experience. That that minute minute and a half I did at your gig is the first I've done of improv ever. Do you know what? I, I I I kind of told myself, look, whatever they give you, you you, you can try and work like, yeah. you know, I've probably, you know, the, I kind of thought that I'd find myself shoehorning back into some old material and making like a loose connection to it. Like, you know, someone would say to me, oh, I'll say something about shorts. And I'd say, oh, do you know who wears shorts? Uh, my son. Anyway. Here's a joke about him. Like, you know, just, you know, just like you make a really loose association and then go back into your base material. I didn't end up having to do that. I think Donald Trump was one I was given, I suppose, which isn't the, the I was gonna I didn't want to do any obvious jokes about his hair or his tan. So I think I ended up, I actually think I ended up speaking more about Joe Biden because he was his um uh, like that's who he, he ran against in the election. 
And I think I ended up doing jokes about Joe because Joe Biden says some really creepy videos going around of him like sniffing women's hair and things like that. So I can't remember exactly what I said, but I actually think I used Donald Trump to mainly take the piss out of Joe Biden. Um, and with builders, I think I referenced a few friends of mine that are builders. And I, again, I can't remember what I said, but in, in terms of what, what did I think of it before? But I, when you told me about it, because you, you gave me the option to do a couple of your gigs, because I think you had another one, but it was a, it was a heckling night. Which I'm open to doing it in, in the future, by the way, if you'll have me. Because, um, again, that would be a first to me. Because at, at the level of the gigs that, that we sort of do at the moment, you don't get too much heckling, do you, really? Yeah. You don't. The, cl- the closest I came to getting heckled was I actually got quite lucky. I, I was doing a gig at, um, up the creek in Greenwich. I did the blackout night. And um, there was a drunk dude who was just there on his own, some middle-aged man. And I was, I think, sick fond in the first half. And this dude had been heckling every single act that had been on, just shouting drunken shit, nothing intelligent, nothing witty, just, ah, you're not very funny, are you? Just literally a drunken middle-aged man. And um, he'd been heckling everybody and really disrupting their set. And, like Even the funny comics were kind of thrown out by it because he was just being a pain in the ass. And I kind of thought to myself, I'm going to have to deal with this prick because he's not like he's not going to suddenly, if he's done this to five comics before me, he's not suddenly going to not do it for me. So I kind of was mentally preparing myself, saying, right, start getting some comebacks and the, the, yeah, for what he's going to say. But the comedian that went on just before me had obviously had the same thoughts in his head. And he certainly, as soon as he got on stage, he went straight for this bloke and they start basically had a bit of a row. Like, like, you know, he was telling jokes to this guy. The guy stood up all angry. He ended up getting chucked out by security literally the last comic before me so by the time i went on stage he'd been chucked out so i was definitely going to get heckled but i got away with it because <laughs> he got chucked out because the other comic started having a row with him before i got on stage literally <laughs> the, the, the act before me so i uh, yeah whoever he is if he listens to this i thank him because uh, he cleared the road for me really how was it as a whole when you went on I didn't get blacked out, which 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 is always a good sign. Do you know what the, the the sad thing is? Um, because at the blackout night, um, they are give they are like given an award to the winner at the end, and I think you have a chance to go through to like a different level or things like a competition. The problem was um, when I did the blackout night, um, there was a train strike, and my last train home was at nine thirty. And I had to say to the promoter, I, I had to say to him, look, I, I really want to do this gig. I don't want to blow out. I said, but I can't stay to the end because I'll miss my train home. I'll be stuck in London. So I had to leave at the interval um, because my my, actually, my set actually went well. I think oh, the, the seven of us in the first half, I think only two of us, I think, didn't get blacked out. So I actually think, I mean, I, I, I don't know what the acts in the second half are like, so I might be completely wrong. But I think going off the first half, I, I might have had a chance of winning. I don't know. Uh, but I don't know how the second half went. And there was a lot of... There, to be fair, the, there was a girl on before me, two acts before me the first half. She was fucking brilliant. So to be fair, there's every chance she might have won. But I might have been in a shout. You never know. But, but I think because I left, because I had to go half time, I don't think I was ever in the running. But uh, but they put my video up on YouTube and that for me. It was, it was a really cool gig. I've tried to do it again since, but there's like a fucking six month waiting list. Uh, like, it, it, I, it, yeah, I think even the time I got that gig, I think I emailed the other day someone had blown out, so I got lucky and I sort of kind of got someone's position who just dropped out. But the up, yeah, up the creek gig is a hard one to get. What doing all these different gigs? Um, what surprised you about comedians and comedy before you got in, into it? What, what did you view comedians as and how have we 
surpassed or or disappointed your expectations? Good question. Um, do you know what I? Comedians are that there. I don't know. I suppose it depends on who you gig with on what night. Like I, I, I um. I've had I've had gigs with some comedians who I felt like are quite were quite self-important and sort of again I, I feel like a lot of comics you've got to have a bit of an ego to do comedy you've got to think you're funny to do comedy because if why are you getting on stage and trying to tell jokes if you don't think you're funny you you got to have that confidence in yourself that you can make people laugh otherwise what the fuck are you doing in the game um, so the, the, I, I, the, I you know I, I've met some acts that have been arrogant. You know, I've I've met a couple. You know, again, I won't name names. No, no one's been too bad. I've never met anyone and thought, oh my god, he's a right prick. But I've met people that if I didn't see him again, I wouldn't be too bothered. Like that, they're, they're, they're about their own ass. And but having said that as well, I I met professional comics. My second ever gig, and I'm I apologize because I'm I'm about to shamelessly name drop here, but I'm only mentioning him surely because I thought only because of what a nice guy he was. Um, my second ever gig, I managed to blag my way onto a bill for Reginald D. Hunter. Um, and he was fucking brilliant. Such a, such a nice guy. He, he's obviously a professional comedian. He's he's on 8 out of 10 cats every other week. Just a, you know, a well-known guy. And I, it, was my, it was my second gig. And basically what it was, my, my friend uh, runs a pub. He, he's, he, and um, it, the pub's in this area that, that there's, that there's, a, there's a company called Outside the Box. It's run by Math Brown really nice guy as well he, he gave me a few gigs just off my friends recommended me which was really cool of him um and that they put me on this this gig with richard because math maths um he knows quite a lot of the pro comedians and he can get quite big names down there. like during lockdown at this pub i gigged at in new Malden near me he got jimmy carl down like he, he he got he gets a lot of big names and he had a gig coming up with Reginald the hunter uh, uh and and my friend asked my friend who run the pub because i'm on a friend runs the venue math Runs gigs at the venue, and my friend said, "Look, my friend's just started doing comedy. Can you give him five minutes on the Reginald D. Hunt night?" And Math was like, "Yeah, I'll give him five minutes. Fuck it." And um, he did, and it was it went really well. And 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 Reginald D. Hunt, a professional comedian, no ego at all, really nice guy. Introduced me to his wife. I I I, I did a joke where I um, I because I, I my early sets, I did a couple of like jokes about Americans, which obviously Reginald D. Hunter is. So I did a couple of like, not anti-American jokes, but taking the piss out of Americans. So I came out with this punchline at the end when I found out I was supporting Reginald D. Hunter because obviously he's American and he's black. So I said, um, I said, if I'd known I was supporting Reginald D. Hunter tonight, I wouldn't have included any of my anti-America jokes. Um, thank fuck I took all my racist jokes out, and <laughs> and. It got a really good laugh. Like it, it got one of my better laughs of the set. And when I went backstage, the prom- I went to shake the promoter's hand, and he and he went, "Oh, he went, turn around, turn around." And Reginald B. Hunter is there, and he goes, "Tell me all your racist jokes, then, cracker." <laughs> and, and when I tell you, he's about six foot seven. He he towers over me. I'm six foot four. I'm a big dude, and I, I just found myself looking up at Reginald D. Hunter. He's got tell me all your racist jokes, then, cracker. And oh, they but like it, it was a joke. Like he did it sort of jokingly. I got pictures of him. I, I sat down and had a chat with him. Really nice guy. So he was my first experience. He was the first per, like the first pro comedian I did a gig with, and my experience with him couldn't have been any better. But then I got comedians who were at my level. Who are arrogant as fuck. So I guess you never really know what you're going to get gig to gig. Do you find that the same? Like as a promoter, you you must get so many different faces that you see in the comedy game. Do you find it the same or? Uh, yeah, I think that I think this is the theme throughout the podcast and throughout the circuit. The main ones that you're going to have problems with are probably those at the middle 
of those yeah. um, the odd few starting out. Yeah. But everyone around that is generally all right. Most of the people in comedy, I I would say that I've got an amiable relationship with them. Like I get yeah, all right yeah. with them. We're not necessarily yeah. close friends, but I've, we can have a laugh and a joke and we're cool. But yeah. the main ones that have given me the most problems as a promoter has been the odd new act, but the ones that give me the most problems are probably the middle spots. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons for causing it is because they, they, they've been in the circuit a while and it's so competitive. There's so many great comedians that don't get a look in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they, there's a bit right. of uh, iffiness from their side where they feel that they're not getting what they feel they deserve. So yeah. they want to put that onto others. And that's oh, I've met a couple of, yeah, I've met I a think. couple of, yeah, agreed. I've met a couple of bitter people that, like you say, seem, I think they probably think they should be doing better than they are. And I think it makes them a bit better, I think, definitely. But, yeah, they're, they're, they're the main people that I get problems with in the as a promoter. The middle, the ones in the middle. Yeah. Uh, the ones and the yeah. couple that are new. Everyone else, like the new acts and the ones that are really high above, they're, they're good. But I, I'll be honest, I, a couple of occasions, I've been in a situation where I don't know what to do with them. So like, um, yeah. I saw Dane Baptiste, and I remember I messaged him for a gig, and I didn't know what to say or do. So I just <laughs> just walked the other way. But I think maybe I did something wrong. I didn't know what to do. And yeah, I saw yeah. Gilbert, and I just looked at him. I didn't say anything. Yeah. And then a couple of times, I don't think you've seen me do my Zorro thing, but have you? I, I actually watched a video of you doing the Zorro thing, actually. Yeah, yeah, there's one on YouTube. I've watched it. Yeah. yeah. Some of it's good, some of it's a bit iffy, but... Uh, yeah. Oh, I, I always I always plan interesting people. People I do gigs with, or other comedians I just want to support, or people I, I, I meet in the circuit that I like. If I, if I get a spare bit of time on YouTube, and I was like, oh, do you know what if they've got any things online? And I, I have watched I have watched yours already, actually. Yeah, I did. Oh. <laughs> Hopefully they've not been too horrified. <laughs> <laughs> not until I got on the comments. I was, I was brutal, but everyone else was all right. No, <laughs> no I've, I've, always, I've always really creative. I, I really liked it. When I dress in the costume, I'm a lot yeah. more confident and sociable, and I got interacted yeah. a lot during the fringe. And I'm so, did you, so did you? Because obviously, I've only done gigs when I've been performed with you. I've only done gigs. You, you've emceed them. I've ne I, I never. I've never actually done a gig with you when you've done a proper uh, full set. Like you, you just tend to be the MC in the, the nights I've done with you. Was Zorro? The, the, is that your go-to when you do gigs of your own rather than emceeing the gigs? I don't really enjoy performing as me anymore, but I do perform, enjoy performing as Zoe. Yeah. The only thing at the moment is, uh, so I did yeah. MC my gig in Wimbledon a couple of days ago on Wednesday, and it was so awkward and a bit surreal doing it, and it created a very odd atmosphere. Uh, it ended up all right in the second half, but it was definitely one of the weaker ones. And... It's a bit of a catch-22 because yeah. you're running gigs and then you're emceeing as a character act. And yeah, yeah, yeah. an emcee's got to be neutral. And I don't enjoy performing as me anymore. But then no. if I try and host a solo, it's a, obviously it's very difficult to follow, follow that. And then it, it's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a surreal and odd atmosphere afterwards. So yeah. I'm not too sure what I'm going to do at the moment. I do enjoy running gigs. Um but I don't really like performing as me anymore. So I'm in a no, sort of catch-22, where I may yeah. just continue emceeing and think of it as a social exercise. 
where yeah. I improve my interacting skills or whatever. But yeah. It's, it is a funny thing, but yeah. What I'm saying, if I'm as my character, I'm, I can be quite confident. But outside of that, if you ask me to be sociable, I can be quite inhibited, but only yeah. if I don't know you. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, that's understandable, bro. So, so you you find with that costume and that mask, and you can kind of I don't know, it's almost like a bit of a bit of a shield. You can just kind of like if it makes you more confident on stage, and that's that can only be a good thing. It, you know, it's a conversation start straight away. So a yeah. lot of people, when I was in Edinburgh, wanted to take pictures of me. Maybe I should have charged yeah. for it. And then I would interact with random people. Like, people yeah. would interact with me. And they, I mean, you enjoy the attention. It's good to have a bit of a laugh with people. But I'll be very confident in terms yeah. of celebrities or whatever as that character. But as soon as that's off, yeah, it's like I'm me again. And then I feel a bit inhibited. But yeah, there was a few. You see, It kind of strips a layer off you, yeah, yeah. You see everyone out there in Edinburgh. And I didn't really know how to interact with them as myself, but in the costume, I did. Well, mate, I, I mean, I, I would say definitely do what works for you. I, I, I've seen a couple of acts that are kind of character comedy. I've seen some go really well. I've seen some not go so well. I saw I saw a gig with a, where a dude was like a 90s raver. Um and, and he had like a visor on and shit like that. And he, he seemed like a nice guy. I chatted to him in the build-up to the gig, but his character, for whatever reason, I'm not saying this is the case for every gig he's ever done, so I'm not going to hang the guy out to dry. But that night, he just didn't really work. Uh, but then I've but, but then, but then I've seen other other comics come out and do a character. Like um, I saw a woman do like a really sort of chav princess character, like someone from Towie or whatever. She came on. She 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 did like a character. She smashed it. Like you know, it's 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 it's, it's always a bit riskier a character like a character comedy because like you know you, 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 the audience has got to go with it. So no respect you for doing it, bro. Like going out in the costume and all that. You know, it's it's like character comedy. Like like you know when it's done right, it can work. Look at Al Murray. You know, it, it, it it's 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 a, it's a it's almost you're already taking a risk going out there and trying to be funny as it is when you do comedy. So going out there and doing it as a character, you got to rely on the audience going with it. So more power to you, bro. I think yeah. I think if I'm hosting, I'll just do it as me. And yeah, but whenever I'm doing a set, I'll just do it as off and just leave it as that. Yeah, but it's yeah, yeah. it is a funny thing. Uh, what do I want to? There's something you said that I wanted to mention. But I forgot. Oh yeah. So this is something that always gets a good conversation going. But who's been a comic that's taught you the most Don't. recently for doing really badly? And who's the comic that's taught you the most recently for doing well? So, sorry, the the, uh, the recorded cut out slightly there, mate. So who's the comedian that's taught me recently by doing badly? And who's taught you most recently by doing well? Okay, right. So it's it's funny, really, because a, a, lo a lot of my favourite comedians, I wouldn't say I necessarily model my style on. Like, um, my my comedy hero, and probably always will be, is Ricky Gervais. Uh, I don't, I, everything he's, I, I, every series he's ever written, I've loved. Every stand-up he's ever done, I've loved. I wouldn't necessarily do the same style of comedy as Ricky Gervais. Another, hero, another comedy hero of mine, again, completely different end of the scale to, to Ricky Gervais, is Rick Mayle. Like big on uh, physical comedy and, and and things like that. Uh, so so they're they're two comedy heroes of mine, who who I necessarily I admire greatly, but don't necessarily copy their style. I think I try and 
keep it to me. I would say in terms of someone whose style I try and copy the most, I don't know, maybe Mickey Flanagan, something like that. So in terms of who, who's taught me the most in terms of setting things up, I think, I think um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of viewed amongst my mates as being a sort of a bit of, I don't know, a bit of a geezer or whatever. So I suppose from that perspective, Mickey Flanagan would be a, a similar style to mine. Um, so I don't know, some, someone, someone who's done badly that has, 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 has taught um, So let's rephrase the question. Yeah, and sure. Who you've performed with recently? Who's taught you the most when they bombed or done well? Oh, oh, sorry. So someone at my level. Sorry, I thought you were talking about pro comedian. Oh no. Um. Yeah, do you know what? I I, I can give you an example. So, so someone who's taught me something by bombing, absolutely. Because I I watched someone um recently again. I I won't name names because he, he did kind of bomb, and it wouldn't be fair. But he had an entire set about one particular subject, which, uh, again, I, I won't say it because if he listens to it and I say the subject, he'll know I'm talking about him. But basically, he pulled his eggs in my basket and did his entire set on this one subject. And it became apparent after two minutes that it wasn't going well, right? And when it's not going well after two minutes, you shouldn't be thinking to yourself, I should do another three minutes of this. Um, because if they're not laughing after two minutes, they're probably not going to suddenly start laughing after four unless you've stored up a couple of really good punchlines towards the end. So having a plan B, I'd say, is is watching someone bomb who did all of his set on one thing and it didn't go well. Having, if, if you know, I've got a base set that I go to for, for five minutes. Again, I always try and put a couple of current events jokes in there, but I have a base five-minute set, 10-minute set. If I do 10, I, I can... I've gone up to 15 before, but five, 10 minute sets are usually my go-to at the moment. But having a plan B, having 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 jokes you can fall back on if the style of jokes you're doing in the first couple of minutes aren't working. Because I think if it's not working after two minutes, you need to try something different. Would 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 be would be that. And I've seen guys solely cling on to this material that they've obviously got nothing else in reserve. Um and I'm not judging them for that, it's hard, but that that but this one dude, he he had one particular subject, he was telling jokes on, it wasn't going well. And he still told jokes about him for the rest of his set. And I just, he didn't have the ability to change it up, which I, I, I learned from that. And who's taught you the most recently for, for storming their set? Yeah. Do you know what? I, I One thing I need to do more, which I, I don't do enough of. I haven't just, it's not a confidence thing. I, I just haven't really built it into my set yet. It's, it's audience interaction. I don't really do that. And like, I, I, the, 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 you know, I've seen, I've seen it. I've seen a set where a guy all he did was for five minutes just to interact with the audience. I don't think he told a joke the whole set. Um, And, and he just interacted with the audience for five minutes and it was just off the cuff. And because it, it was natural and because you could tell it wasn't written, it was just funny. And, I think I think sometimes you don't just have to rely on written stuff. Sometimes interact with the audience, see what happens. You can get some jokes organically out of it that that, that might really go well. And I, I I watched this guy. He was an older gentleman on the circuit, and he just literally for five minutes. At times he was talking absolute waffle. I mean, some of the subjects he was he was mentioning. I think at one point he was talking about Pablo Escobar having pet elephants, and 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 like honestly, some of the, some of the ways he went with his set were just ridiculous. But he just basically just talked to the audience for five minutes. And just got his set from them, basically. I don't think he. I don't. I didn't hear any clearly written joke that he'd said. He just talked to the audience, and and it did make me think. Wow, there's there's laughs to be had if you can just talk to the audience and get shit from that. And because I don't do a lot of that, if I'm honest, I don't do a lot of audience interaction. Certainly not at the moment. So, 
and he smashed it. He got one of the best laughs of the night. He's, he, 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 you might have gigged with him, John Sharp. Oh, John Sharp. Oh, God. John he Sharp. Is, he is, he's a circuit legend. He's been going for 19 years. Mate, honestly, I'm sure I'm saying this if he listened. The bloke's batshit mental. But he, he, he literally went on stage. Like, I, I've done a couple of clubs. I've mean, I, I done a, three or four different shows with John. And I remember the first one he did, right? He, he got on this stage and there were two, like, plants um, on the stage next to the microphone, right? And I shit you not, he got on stage, there were these two plants, and he just shook them for about two minutes and didn't say a word. And everyone was going, like, what the fuck's going on? He shook him, and then after two minutes, he just went, is there a rustling? And, and it was such a fucking basic joke, but he got a really good laugh. He said nothing for two minutes, and then said, is there a and, 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 and yeah, honestly, he, I've never I've seen him three or four times, and he does a different thing every time. It never feels like his set's ruined. It always feels organic. And, yeah, he, he, he got one of the best laughs of the night when I did his gig, and he was just talking maniacal bollocks to the crowd for five minutes and it made me think wow there's a different way to do this it doesn't doesn't have to just be a structured set you know so yeah he, he inspired me a little bit funny dude thing about and as you say circuit legend he is he is he is a circuit legend he is the thing there's also another one like dangerous t who's been a while but you've not seen him for a while and then there's um jimbo but the thing is like with john sharp if he went to edinburgh and found us all audience he would do quite well for himself if he yeah. actually, he could build, he is good at what he does. It may be not yeah. what a lot of other people will like in terms of standard jokes and all of that. It may not do well in yeah. competitions. But he is funny, and if he built his own audience, he would do quite well for himself. Absolutely, yeah. He's got a very unique style, and I think when it works for him in the room, as you say, you know, you, 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 it all depends on the room. But when, when he has a room that, goes for it he has a in hysterics like he, he he has smashed a couple of gigs i've done he did one gig what well, i've done with him where i don't think it went as well i think i think people sort of been, oh, fuck me, who's this guy but, but I've, I've seen him smash two gigs in the right room he will get big laughs and i like he's got and he's got a style i've got to say he's one of the few people you see a lot of comics in in, in sort of the London scene or just in the comedy scene in general that people have similar styles you know what I mean there's probably people that are very similar to me you know, I'm, I'm not particularly unique in what I do John Sharp I, I don't see a lot of people doing what he's doing I've got to say and it makes him stand out he's, he's also did, yeah he is he's is a very unique act and he is yeah he's very funny that's the one thing you can't take away from him he, he's done yeah, some mad things at my, my gigs as well he's he, he's done the heckle night a couple of times but yeah <laughs> It's... Oh mate, if he does, if he signs up for your heckle night, please get me on the same bill. I'd fucking love to see that. <laughs> I'd love to see John Sharp on heckle night. Oh, it was amazing. I got he, uh... yeah, definitely. And I'd love to. I'll message him. Tell you what, I've got a couple of spots in October. But yeah, <laughs> he is very unique. Yeah. No, agreed. What? Um... No, we all have lives outside of comedy. And yeah. On, there's a. It's one of my best interviews as well. I think. Uh, by John Fleming and he yeah. he gave he was one because he, he looked at like the, you got to talk about the psychology of comedians and like what goes on behind them and he says one of the things that's really interesting about comedians is their life outside of comedy because there isn't yeah. really any money in comedy unless you're at the top no um, absolutely unless you're in the top 5% yeah no agreed and he says um, that's what's interesting about them. 
and that for yourself, um, what has something that's happened to you or gone on in your normal life that's helped, that has taught yeah. you something in terms of comedy? Um, yeah, I mean, what's gone? It's a good question, actually. So, what's happened to something? I mean, I mean, confidence is confidence is something. I think you can have confidence in certain things and not others. Like, um, I, I've always been quite confident in sort of telling a joke in front of my friends and 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 kind of trying to be trying to be funny into kind of smaller uh, smaller circles of people. You know, I think it's different to going up on a stage and trying to make strangers laugh. But um, in in terms of what what's taught me, what, sorry, what uh, my personal life has taught me in a comedy perspective, it's a good question. Um, uh, it, it's it's a lot of it, it's uh, what I've really enjoyed about being in comedy is kind of the, the the there's a lot of people it's a very supportive industry as much as it's competitive uh, as, uh, the, you know it, it can also be a very supportive industry and you meet a lot of people um, who who become friends very quickly and and um, I, I would say I don't know something happens on my outside life like I don't know I, I think. Because because I don't see the, the age I'm at now. I'm, I'm 35. I've got friends. We've all we've all we've all got kids. We've all got our own lives. I don't get to see my friends as much as I'd like to um, socially because we've all we've all got kids and busy lives. So the good thing about comedy is because the same people are doing like you know you you see a sort of lot of familiar faces on the circuit. So it's it's nice to you make friends and you see them by default because you do the same gigs. And and it's it's nice to have friends that you can catch up with regularly. I've made a lot of friends in the in, in the you know on the circuit, and because because I mean I don't know. Do you, do you judge? It's a tough it's a tough one with comedy. Whether I whether I judge because I I'm not paid to do, to do it professionally, or at least not. I mean I do some paid gigs, but I, it's not my profession at the moment. I'm not a professional comedian. I'm a I'm someone who does comedy and 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 gets and gets paid for the odd gig. So I, I always n never know whether to judge it as, as a profession or as a hobby. I suppose at the moment it's a hobby. I suppose it has to be because it's not my profession. But like, so to be able to to see friends while, because I, I sort of allocate a certain amount of time to comedy. So to be able to see friends while you're doing it because they're doing the same thing as you are, it's like, you know, other comedians. Um, so I guess, I guess it's, it's taught me that, you know, I, it, it's taught me that it's, it's important to see the people that, that you enjoy having fun with and, and, and having a good time with because comedy, comedy has allowed me to meet a lot of new and, and fun people. And and it's sort of yeah, it's it's made me believe that time is precious, really, and that um, you should you should spend it doing the things you enjoy doing. Because I I I left it until thirty to to try comedy, and I should have done it a lot sooner. I mean, I joked about it earlier, but if I'd have started doing it in my early twenties, I, I I could have you know really really sort of thrown my all at it and been out there gigging four five nights, six nights a week, like I see a lot of other comics doing online. You know, I see I see other comedians post their schedule for gigs for the month, and they're doing more in a week than I've done in two and a half months you know what i mean i just i wish i could get out there more and do more so yeah I, it, it's taught me to allocate my time well and spend time with the people that matter and 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 yeah it's 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 been a really great experience being being in the scene for this long it's a shame i lot we lost a couple like three months after i got into comedy fucking lockdown happened so um like just as i started really getting out there and gigging all of a sudden it was zoom gigs only and i didn't do a lot of those they didn't really appeal to me so i lost a couple of years doing it as well so uh um, but but oh mate, it's it's been it's been a great experience. I, I wouldn't change it for the world. Really enjoyed doing it, and I, I'm 
if look, if I get somewhere doing it, brilliant. If I could make a living, I'd like dinner. I'm not asking to be a mock the week or be a famous comedian. If I could make a living telling jokes, I mean, that's the way to go, isn't it? Because you, you, you're getting paid to do something you love. Yeah. Fuck me, I waffled there. Sorry. <laughs> I spoke for about five minutes then. <laughs> that's all good. Uh, I've, I've had all sorts of people come on the podcast. I've done about 200 now. Oh, wow. Uh, there's some that, uh, yeah, it, I've all sorts come on here. Uh, is it the odd few that have not been, so there's been a few where there's been very dead. There's been nothing. Yeah. There's And then there's been a few where I've had two that have come on and they've, where they've been a real pain in the ass to talk to. But this has definitely been, what is, yeah, you weren't worth, I've had all sorts come on, so no, it's all good. Oh, I never stop talking. Don't worry about me. <laughs> I think by the time you post this, it'll be it'll be five minutes of you talking, forty five minutes of me talking. Don't worry, I'm uh, oh, I never I never shut up, mate. <laughs> Ask my wife. I, I, I said, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll bring it to the gig and let's see what happens. <laughs> Absolutely. Would you ever bring your kids and your family to a gig? Well, if I was going to bring my son to a gig, I'd have to change my material drastically because a lot of it's about him. Um, so, so um, I'd have to. I mean, my 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 son's only four, and my daughter's only one. So, if I was to bring him to a gig, I swear a lot during my set, and I, I, I suppose being the if I put my responsible parent hat on for a second, rather than comic trying to be funny, I should probably. I think if I was going to bring my kids, I'd be. I think it would affect my performance. I'd be very conscious they were there, and I'd be kind of trying to tone it down. And you know, so I, I'm not sure you'd get the best version of me. Not that, not that I think swearing is necessarily the key to being funny, but sometimes you use it to use it to punctuate a joke or something. You know, don't you? Or put emphasis on it. So I think if I brought my kids, I mean, my mum and dad have been to one of my gigs. They, they they've been to one or two of my gigs actually. So my parents have been to one. Um, and it's awkward when you sort of, you know, I think I told one or two sex jokes, and then sort of my mum and dad are in the front. I think I think I made a joke of it. I think I made a sex joke, and then I sort of looked over and went, "My mum's in tonight, by the way, everyone." And it's like, you know, or something like that, something to that effect. So like, I try to make a joke of it, but um, yeah, I probably bring my my kids to, to my gigs when I'm older. But I I definitely have to change some shit up because they get roasted in quite a lot of my jokes. <laughs> They'll probably echo you. <laughs> I'd, I'd deserve it to be fair I'm taking the piss out of them they're entitled to give it back to be fair <laughs> all's fair all's fair in love and war exactly exactly now for anyone that's listening right now and they're like Scott he's a cool guy what's going on I've got about 100 subscribers in there so there's 100 people listening in okay what, what would you say to those 100 people that are listening in now well um, so yeah, no, of course. So my stage name, as, as much as I'm on here as, as, as Scott Bennett, my stage name is Scott Kingston. Um, the reason is because uh, there's already a comedian called Scott Bennett, and he's significantly more successful than I am. He's quite famous. He's been in a couple of Barclays adverts, and I think he supported Rob Brydon, which is more than I've ever done. Um, so my name's Scott Kingston. Um, I post on social media quite a lot about my gigs and that if uh you've liked what you've what you've uh what you've seen in my conversation with marvin today and you want to come down and check out my set um please do i, I i'm in and around the sort of london and surrey sort of comedy set at the moment i'm really looking to we're getting the I've, I've had a big couple of things in the last couple of months with house moves and new jobs but um i'm really looking to get back on the comedy scene before the end of the year 
I'd love anyone to come down to support me. I'd like to do a couple more of Marvin's nights if you'll have me, so you can come down and have the pleasure of both our companies. So, um, yeah, come down and check me out. I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, I, I, I hate picking myself up because it just, it just sounds like arrogance, doesn't it? I'm not unfunny. That's about as good as you're going to get from me. I'm all right. Come and check it out. You might have a couple of laughs. I take the piss up my son a lot. He's only four. He doesn't know. So I'm just going to keep doing those jokes until he's old enough to realise I'm taking the piss out of him. Then I'll probably have to stop. But I think I've got a couple of years yet left. So, yeah, no, please come and check me out. Um, I, I, I had a podcast going myself uh, until about a year ago. Um, it was me and my friend Mike. We were doing... um retrospective movie reviews of like our childhood films from the 90s so like things like i don't know the goonies and and uh, what else did we do good for uh, what other comedy films did we do we, we did like films of like 90s and 80s movies uh like hook and and uh, the labyrinth and things like that uh, it was called the rear projection podcast we're not doing it anymore although i am on it my partner to get back on it so if you want to give that a listen and you like the episodes uh let me know if you like it because I'm. Uh, I am trying to get that resurrected as well. It's called the Rear Projection Podcast. It's on Spotify and and um, it's on Spotify and Apple Music. Uh, I think there's about fifty episodes on there, so there's quite a lot going. So yeah, yeah. And I, I actually want to get. I'm hoping to get a YouTube channel started up before the end of the year as well, if I can find the time. But uh, yeah, no, come and come and check me out if you like what you saw. If you didn't, sorry about that. I am a bit of a brick. Can't be helped. <clears throat> you know where to find them. <laughs> If you like him or you dislike him, you know where to go. If you like him, you know where to go. If you want to troll him, you know where to go. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to just, you want to just come and tell me my podcast with shit, that also works. At least it's another view. I don't know. <laughs> it gets the numbers up a little bit. Yeah, and, and, and engagement, guys, you know, it, it will push push it forward. Same with the podcast as well. Like if you like Absolutely. Thing, no such thing as bad publicity. I'll see you guys soon, all right? Thank <laughs> you.